What is up, everyone? This is Avery Smith, creator of Data Career Jumpstart and Snow Data Science. Welcome back to the Data Career Podcast, the podcast that gives you, the data enthusiast, the tools you need to build an amazing data career, whether that's breaking into data science, landing a senior data position, or building a new data team or product. This podcast is here to help. This is episode six. Thank you so much for listening. So glad to have you here. Today's episode is an Ask Avery Show session from February 10th, 2021. But before we hop in, here's a quick plug for the software I use to make this podcast anchor. Um, okay, so I, uh, I saw we had some questions now, so I'm going to throw those up. We have four minutes until our next guest is supposed to come. So let's go to Aaliyah was the first one I saw. Is a master's degree needed for data science? The answer is a big fat no. It's definitely not needed. Uh, a master's degree doesn't hurt, but it's not a necessity. Um, you can definitely get into data science with just a bachelor's degree. To be honest, I'm of the opinion you don't need any degree to get into data science. Um, but that's, that's probably a little bit more radical of, of thinking. I really just think you need skills. If you can program and you can understand statistics, I think you can get all of that from a course. Um, and I try to teach data science and I don't require that people you know, have a master's degree to do that. So as long as you understand programming, you understand statistics, you understand storytelling, you can get into data science. You definitely don't need a master's degree. So thanks for that question, Leo. Um, on a different note, uh, Yusif says, can Excel alone do the analytics analysis for a big organization? And the answer to this is a big fat no, it can't, at least for a big organization. Um, Excel is awesome. It does some things really well. It does, <laughs> it does some things really well, and it's really easy, and everyone knows how to use it. But it is not a data science-ready production system. People use Excel as a database. It's not a database. You actually need a database once you get enough data and enough structured data. You need a database. That's the, the, the best way to, to do data science. And then you're going to need scripting. And I'm just telling you that VBA is not the best scripting language out there. It can't do that much. There's not that much already like made for it. I mean, there's a lot made for it, but it's not like sustainable. Um, so Python's a much better option or R. Those are kind of the two languages for, for data science that I suggesting, suggest. Um, but Excel can get you pretty far and it's a great start, um, especially if you don't know anything else, it's a great place to be. So yeah, thanks for that, for that question, Yusif. All right, we got two minutes, so I'll take another question. Let's see, let's see. We got, let's go to Asriel, Tableau versus Power BI. Um, that's a good question. I like Power BI, but that, to be honest, that's just because that's what I've used mostly. I think they're about sixes. They're both really good. Um, I know if you, if you listen to my friend Roshan Khan, he will say that Power BI is 80% data, 20% visualization, and Tableau is 20% visualization, or is 80% visualization and 20% data. I don't think that's exactly true, but, but the, the concept of it is true. Um, I think Tableau is more in demand, and I think it's a more finished product. But Power BI is free and comes with a lot of Microsoft 365 accounts. So I think a lot of people like Tableau more. I think it's probably better as a software. Software, But learning Power BI might be more applicable because it might be used in more places because it's just the, the cost. Um, so good question there. Okay. Um, so I'm going to just go ahead and make sure this next person, I'm going to hop on the next Google Meet call just to make sure I do not miss them. 
They should not be on Google Meet, but there's a chance it happens. So let me just make sure that doesn't happen. Join now. And let's see, I'm gonna message the next person to come, make sure that they're on. Um, what is their last name? Look at it one more time. Oh no, sorry. All right, they're coming. So we'll have someone here in a second. Okay, so we got some, some more questions it looks like. I'll, I'll take those until our friend Kapil hops on. He should be here very shortly. Um, so we should be seeing that pretty soon, but I'll take maybe one more question. Let's see. Um, how to build proper portfolio for data science people. So hi, Siva. Building portfolio is very hard. I don't know if I can cover it in like a one minute answer, but every time you do something, you need to talk to, talk to someone about it. Post about it on a blog, put it on LinkedIn, add it to your GitHub. Do not do anything without posting it somewhere. Um, and that can be hard when you're working for a company. If your company doesn't want you to post it, don't post it. There's definitely IP and security reasons not to post all your work projects. But any of your personal projects or school projects, those should be on the internet for people to see. And that's a good start. It doesn't really matter where you have it. LinkedIn's a great place to build it. If you have like a Wix or like a WordPress website, that, that'll be great. Um, any of those will, will work really well, I think. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really matter where. Hopefully that answers your question. Um, okay, Kapil's not here yet, so let's keep going on. Um, let us go to Abe. Abe, what's up, Abe? How do you go from coding in Jupyter Notebooks to production code? What's the deployment process like? Watching from New York. All right, so thanks for telling me where you're watching, Abe. Um, going from Jupyter Notebooks, so those who aren't familiar with Jupyter Notebook, it is like a Python solution um, where you can basically kind of like, uh, I don't want to say joke around, but you definitely can kind of explore data more and explore programming more than like actually putting something to production. It's like when you haven't put, people aren't using your code, you're just kind of doing it to investigate at first, right? And so getting it from Jupyter Notebook to production ready is pretty interesting. There are some, some like cloud solutions that'll actually let you deploy directly from a Jupyter Notebook and they're actually Jupyter Notebook based. So I know Databricks has quite a bit like this. Um, so there's some cloud solutions and production solutions that'll let you run straight from a Jupyter Notebook. Um, but most of the time, you probably will want to be in scripts. And there's definitely a big difference between you know, exploration and putting things into production. And it's, it's something that I'm still working on. And I end up rewriting my code most of the time from Jupyter Notebook to production. I just, I mean, it ends up being copy paste, making some functions, putting it more in like a scripting form. Because Jupyter Notebook is usually what I'm doing to explore, but what I'm usually doing to explore is not what I'm doing to actually put into production. So good question, Abe, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it was a great question. I'm gonna message one more time. Okay, um, let's see. We got a lot more questions here. Let's go to Hassan. If you're supposed to hire a data scientist, what would be your criteria to choose among the candidates? Okay, so I now run a company called Snow Data Science, where I do education. I try to do teachings like this. Um, if you missed it earlier, I'm, uh, I'm releasing a course tomorrow that is free. 
Um, okay, hold on. Looks like why isn't this working? Hold on, give me a second. I might have sent the wrong link. Uh, I did. Oh, man. Let me send a quick message to all these people. It's actually this link. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, all right. That was my fault. Anyways, I'm releasing a course tomorrow called Predict the Stock Market with Python. So I make these courses. And then as well, I, as I do consulting for companies in data science. And uh, so I actually end up hiring data scientists. And the number one thing for me is to have a good portfolio. Okay, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and pull Kapil up. Kapil, welcome to the stream. How are you doing? And where are you calling from? Hey, Ari. Thank you. Uh, I'm calling from Dallas. Oh, cool. Yep. Nice. You're you're another Texan like me, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Agree. Thanks for uh, the invite. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, of course. And I apologize for sending you the wrong link. I I accidentally sent last week's link instead of this week's link. But now, yeah, but now you're here. Ended. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, it doesn't seem like ended because you were just chatting to me. So, uh, <laughs> well, well, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so I saw that you're a people analytics manager. Um, and it seems like some, you have some analytics experience. What would you like to discuss? What what can we talk about? So sure. So here's the thing. Um, I I have quite a bit of experience on the backend data, uh, SQL data warehouse, and things like those. Last four or five years, I've jumped more on the analytics side. Like three years ago, I did a boot camp on R and to uh, go a little bit more deeper on the analytics side. So. I have uh, one data scientist uh, whom I manage, and then there are like two or three other data developers who are more on the automation side or things like that. Now, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to sharpen my skills on the data science stuff. I don't deal with it on a day-to-day -day basis. I interact with my data scientists, but I don't do a uh, lot of hands-on. And one thing what I'm realizing is when applying to when I'm applying to senior roles uh, in other organizations, uh, for some reason they are looking for some very deep expertise on hands-on, and which is okay. It's just that it's not uh, in my day-to-day -day work profile right now. So I'm looking for some recommendations. Uh, what what kind of uh, resources would you recommend uh, uh, to just sharpen and do a little bit better on the data science side of things? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if I understand right, you're like these, these jobs that are like, Hey, like what experience do you have? And you don't necessarily have like the hands-on experience in the analytics space. You have a lot more in like kind of like the data engineering world, like database building and SQL and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Okay. So I definitely recommend doing personal projects. So it's a little bit annoying because you have to like spend some time outside of work the majority of the time making them, but it's totally worth it because to me, like when I'm hiring data scientists, I really want to see like you actually have done some work and you can actually show that work to me via a project. And so I recommend having like, even if it's just one project, that's usually enough, especially if you have like a, a niche or like an industry that you're trying to get into. 
Um, so I like to show people. So if you go to, um, let me actually, hold on, let me share, let me remove, and then let me share my full window here. Um, stop screen, then reshare, uh, share screen. Let's show the entire screen here. Okay, so if you go to my personal website, which is averyjsmith.com, this is what I used as a portfolio when I was applying for data science jobs. And, and no, nothing has to be this fancy at all. Um, it can just be like a simple Wix website or like a simple Squarespace website. But I have this portfolio button at the top. And this, this pulls up some of the projects that I, I've done like in school or in boot camps or just on my own. And mm -hmm. so if, if I'm like applying to a job and let's say I, I, I come from an engineering background. So let's say mm -hmm. it, was, it was in engineering. Or let's say I want to try to get an MBA job just because I know that this, this has more analysis. I want to work mm -hmm. for a basketball team. I can click here um, and I can click this article. It's like this little blog that I wrote that talks about my project, where I got the data. And then it kind of shows some of these data visualizations that I made. Um, mm. and, and so kind of like if I was applying to a job in the MBA, I would be like, hey, look, this is some relevant experience that I've done with MBA data, um, you know, this is physical evidence on my portfolio. You can see it, you can read it. You can go as, as much detail as you want. Um, and this is a great way for, for you to get experience like in a non-stressful situation, right? It's just on your own time. And, mm -hmm. and then it's also really good for you to be able to show off your skills and say, hey, you know, look, look what I've done in this related fields next, next to this type of job that I'm trying to get into. Does, does that make sense? Yep, it does. It does. I mean, I did not really think about doing a personal project. I was thinking more on how how to make uh, you know be more involved in our project work in at work. But uh, that makes sense. I mean, if not, if the work transformation is not that simple because there are like so many different things involved. So uh, maybe I should do a personal project, and I'm definitely open to do that hands on. I mean, I did that like a couple of years ago, but uh, that knowledge is not uh, if as I'm not using it every day, uh, it's it's not as uh, fresh as you would be. Uh, yeah, and, and that makes sense. But I think that's still even valid. Just go dig that up and and put it somewhere where people can see it, right? Like if if it's buried in your computer, no one can enjoy it. Um, we had a comment from, from my friend uh, Juliana. She said, help nonprofits as well with your skills. So that's another one is, is it's kind of similar to personal projects, but it's like more real world example. Um, but you can do some good in in the world. If you're also trying to do it at work, I, I would like. Do you have the opportunity at work to do it often, or or do you or do you have to like seek out those I opportunities? Do have, yeah, I do have quite a bit. Uh, I mean, definitely opportunity at work to uh, be engaged in that kind of work. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like, I think every place is is different, right? So I don't know exactly um, what might be useful. Hold on, let me. Mm -hmm. I need to send. Oh wait, let me see. All right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly like what your work is like and what opportunities might exist there. Um, but I mean, try, try to put your foot in any place you can to, to get those projects. I don't know if they're like competitive to get or, or what necessarily the plan is, but I would always be on the lookout for projects that you know that you can perform well with and that can help you build skills as well. I think those are good projects, right? Okay. So one additional question I have. So if you're a data scientist, uh, what is your expectation from your 
manager, provided it's a good manager, like then what is mm. your expectation? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it also depends on like the manager's experience. Um, because I've had I've had some managers that have more knowledge about data science than others, you know. Um, but for me, a big thing for me, and this is maybe just me personally, but I, I consider myself to be somewhat creative, to be somewhat innovative, and I hate to be stifled. I do not like feeling like I'm in a box and mm -hmm. I can't like go outside the box. I can't color outside the lines. Um, so that's one thing is I, I don't want to be like stifled. I don't want to be like, oh, you have to do this. It's like, well, no, I don't think that's the best, the best way. And if that manager really has a lot of data science experience and analytics experience, then I understand like we can have a conversation about, about the why. But if the manager doesn't have as much knowledge, I'm like, oh, I'm doing all the work and like I know the technical, yeah. like I really want to do it this way. So that's probably the first thing is just like to have flexibility. Um, and then the second thing is just to have the ability to like, to not micromanage me, you know, like don't babysit, but, but also like be supportive. And like, if I need someone to just listen, listen. And I mean, that's hard. I don't have those people skills necessarily, but those are probably the two things that, that I appreciate in a manager is giving me my space to, to let me be creative technically. Mm -hmm but also be there supportive if I need it, but don't be there too much that you're annoying. <laughs> I don't know if those definitely. are good answers. No, de definitely. I mean, I I've been managing people, so I definitely respect uh, uh, the, I mean, employee's space. Uh, and I know how important it is. I feel the same way and I expect similar uh, from my manager as well. So definitely good point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What, what other questions? I think the next person isn't here. So if you have any more questions, that's fine. Or, or if you're good, we can, we can go to the audience as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm fine going to the audience. Okay. Well, Kapil, I really appreciate your time and yeah, thank you for your two really awesome questions. I hope, I hope those answers were helpful. Yep, definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good night. All right. So thanks Kapil. Really appreciate that. Um, those are some, some awesome questions. Um, I think I think he's probably a pretty good manager. I don't know what you guys think, but I, I think those are probably uh, pretty good, pretty good answers. I just want to make sure I don't even see the next person hasn't been online. I'll just say their first name so I don't embarrass them. Oh, okay. Um, can you hop in the call if you want to be on? Let's see if they end up coming. This is always kind of hard. I need to figure out a better system. Hopefully they'll come. In the meantime, while we're waiting for them, we'll take uh, the next call here or the next question. But hopefully the next caller will be on here in a second. Um, I kind of answered Hassan's. Let's move to Jasmine. Should I take computer science courses after obtaining uh, an MS in statistics to better prep myself for a data science career? Well, I guess it kind of depends. How much data science did you feel like uh, that you learned? Um, oh, I got I to get to MJ here. MJ, thank you so much, Avery, but it's 4 a.m. here and 7.30, have to be at the office. MJ, appreciate you being up late. That's awesome. Thank you for joining. Appreciate it. Um, I, saw, I see your question here. I'm sorry I didn't get to it yet. Um, I'll, try, I'll try to answer that in another video, hopefully this week or something. But thank you. I appreciate that, MJ. Um, Jasmine, okay. Well, how much, how much, so should I take computer science courses after obtaining a master's in statistics to better prep myself for a data science career? Um, well, I guess it depends on your, your master's in statistics. 
Like how much coding did you learn? Did you learn R? Did you learn Python? Um, to be a data scientist, I mean, there's different types of data scientists and there's different roles within data science and those different roles will require more or less programming. Personally, I'm a pretty program heavy data scientist. And I think most roles usually are, but there's definitely roles where you don't have to be definitely having like the know-how and statistics. Like I'd say I'm a better programmer than I am a statistician. And it sounds like you're probably a better statistician than, than you are a programmer. Um, so it really just depends on the type of roles that you're going for and what you're aiming for. But um, I, I definitely think having some computer science knowledge is good. At least being able to, to program and to, um, to program in Python or R, I think would be really helpful. So hopefully that answers your question, Jasmine. I, I definitely think taking some computer science classes would be good. I don't know if you need to take them from the university, just taking them online or just going onto YouTube, depending on your skill level. I, on my YouTube channel, I have some Python introduction Python, but you might be past that. I don't know really your experience, um, but there's lots of good resources to learn to learn Python. And, and that's the program that I would suggest learning. Um, okay, let's see, what other questions we have? Okay, so let's see. Um, let me try this other link. Hold on, give me one second. Cause this person should be here. Um, let's see. Oh, it joined. I double joined my feed. That was kind of crazy. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let me try this other one. Okay. There was a lot of good people that signed up today that I was really excited to, to hear their questions. I was really excited to answer them and they just didn't show up, which kind of makes me sad. Okay. Let me send one last me message. And then let me make sure this next person's coming. Hold on, give me a second. Okay. Um, Let's see if this person hops on. All right, MJ, what are the best uh, open data resources for demo data science projects? I mean, only for self portfolio, but industry oriented. Okay, so there's really some really good places to find data, data sets. One would be Kaggle. Kaggle has a great uh, data set section where you can really search and find good data sets that are, that are free. The other one I really like that people don't know about is Google. Google has a data set engine, data set search engine, where you can search over a lot of different websites for different data sets. About half those are paid. A lot of those are from a company called Statistica that has paid. Um... Oh, okay, that person's not coming, bummer. Um, but there's a lot of really good resources for, to, learn, to learn and get data from the Kaggle and from the uh, Google search uh, data set engine. I, those are, those would be my two resources to, to look for. So hopefully that answers your question, MJ. I think, I think you had to go. Um, I'm going to cut this up and I'm going to send it to you in a separate video later in the week. So, um, okay. Anyone else have, have more questions? Let's see, go ahead and throw them in the comments.
I'll take any questions you got. I know um, Juliana was here earlier and mentioned doing nonprofits. If you don't have any experience in data science, or if you even just want to improve your your experience in data science, um, definitely try working with nonprofits because they'll they'll let you help if you want to help, and they have awesome real world examples, and you can help out in the world. That is like such a blessing to be able to help with a skill and learn at the same time. So highly recommend doing data science projects for nonprofits. It's a really good experience overall. All right, Mark, thanks for the question. Mark, what are the things you would like to see in a data science project for students leaving school? Okay, so in a data science project, it really depends on like what I would be hiring for or what type of job you're going for and in what industry, but they kind of have similar structures um, in some ways. So one, I wanna see you actually getting data. I think, I think that's key. Um, that can be from you generating it. Like I, I, you know, I wear an Apple watch that keeps track of my steps that generates data. You could web scrape. If you're just pulling data off of Kaggle and it's like in a CSV, that's fine. It's not the best, but that's fine. So that's number one. It's like the data acquisition. The second part is data cleaning. You want to make sure that you've cleaned your data. You've made it look good. That's a skill. That's definitely really important in data science. So there's probably some sort of data cleaning method there. Number three is data visualization. I wanna see some graphs, I wanna see some charts, I wanna see like some exploratory data analysis. Um, and yeah, basically see some charts. I think that's important. And then number four, I would love to see a model, you know, some sort of machine learning model or some sort of algorithm implemented, whether that's, you know, NLP or whether it's linear regression or a random forest, whatever, classification, I don't care, clustering, good. Um, any sort of algorithm in data science is good. And then lastly, I want to see the value. I'm going to clap again. The value. I want to see the value. I want to see the business problem you're solving. I should have probably said that number one. That's all that matters is you're solving a business problem. That's all I really care about is the value that you're bringing with your data science project. Try to solve a problem. Um, and then lastly, the last part is, and this is if you want to be a full stack data scientist, there's really different roles for data science. I consider myself a full stack data scientist, but there's not there's good parts and there's bad parts of that. One of the bad parts is um, <laughs> you don't really get good at anything. <laughs> You're kind of a generalist, jack of all trades, specialist of none, right? Master of none. And that's kind of where I'm at, but I kind of like that, so that's fine. But uh, deploy, if you can put your tool online and host it in like a Flask application or a Dash application, some sort of endpoint that I can access and actually play with the, with the project you're myself. That's awesome. And that's really what sells me. That's what I look for when I'm trying to hire data scientists and people that have taken it from data to production. And like I said, there's not that many data scientists that can do that. It's kind of what we call the unicorn, um, the full stack data scientist. And usually those full stack data scientists aren't always good at every piece of the puzzle. And that's definitely me. I'm a terrible cloud deploy production data scientist. I can do it though. I can do it. Um, I'm just not very good at it. Um, and so you might want to like specialize and have your own niche. Like maybe you're like a machine learning engineer and you're really good at making deep, deep learning, uh, models. That's not me. Um, and it just depends on what you like, I guess. So whatever you like and what industry you're going to, your project's going to change, but overall should have those, those steps in some way or another, or really specialize on one step of the project, very depth, very thorough. That's what I want to see from a data science project, Mark. Hopefully that answers your question. Okay. What other questions do we have here? 
Any other questions in the comments? Let's see. Let's see. Go ahead and ask one because uh, I don't think we're going to have anyone else show up the rest of the time. So um, I'll take any questions from the audience. And yeah, let me know what questions you have because, I mean, this is your time to, to ask anything you want. Don't be shy. So let's see. Yeah, of course, Mark, you're welcome. Always happy to help where I can. What's the sign up link? Derek, do you mean for the for to be on right now on Ask Avery? You mean for the Python course tomorrow? If you want to be on right now, just say I want to be on in the comments and I'll just send you the link in uh in LinkedIn messaging. That goes for for everyone. Hopefully no one's messaged me that and I missed them. I don't think I missed them. No, I haven't missed anyone. That's fine. Um okay. Well, with that, it doesn't seem like we have uh too many people that um have any questions. I'll give it a, a couple more seconds. Um, but in the meantime, I'll, I'll, I'll just reiterate that I have a course coming. Oh, Derek wants to be on. All right, let's send the link to Derek. Thanks, Derek. Sending you a link right now. Copy the clipboard. Derek. Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, where'd you go, Derek? There you are. Messaging. All right, Derek, there's your link. You should be on really soon. Bam, right there. Um, let's see, let's see. Who else, anyone else? Can you do projects duplicate? All right, so while Derek's hopping on, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna answer Sin Srinjoy Sen's question. Sorry if I butchered your name, I'm sorry. Can you do projects depicting business value when you are a student? Won't business data be hard to find online? No, it's super easy to find online. There's lots of applicable places uh, to find. Um, oh, I'm so sorry, LinkedIn user. I can't, I can't see your name. Um, can you send me a message? And then I'll send it right back. I don't know who this is. Privacy probably on your LinkedIn. Um, so it's really easy to find data sources online. Uh, look at Kaggle, K-A-G-G-L-E has really great data sources. And then Google dataset search engine has really good sources. There's so many places where you can find data that like have business value. Like there are companies on Kaggle that release their data asking you to solve it. And if you solve it really well, they'll pay you $10,000. That's like actual uh, business data. So that's totally available as a student for free. You can have access to lots of good data sets. All right, so we got someone else hopefully hopping on that messaged me. I'm sorry, I don't know who messaged or who, who commented earlier, but send me a message right now and I'll give you the link right now. In the meantime, I'm gonna pull up Derek. Derek, what's good, how you doing? Hey Avery, it's finally, finally nice to get on. I'm a big follower, I love everything that you're doing and uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, man, of course, I really appreciate it. And I, I like your hat, uh, that's awesome. Thanks, um, man. Anyways, uh, what, what do you wanna talk about? We can talk about anything. So uh, 
currently I just got moved into a, a new position as a data, data scientist and was given uh, reins to uh, pull in a team. And uh, currently my position was uh, more of a Python developer. Mm-hmm. And uh, my history, I have a PhD in math. So uh, it's, oh, wow. been about, it's been three or four years since I've been in the, the statistic realm. So just looking for some advice on uh, like putting your own team together as, as like a lead data scientist. I'm trying to, obviously, I'm going to have to build some silos and we're migrating to Azure. So just any type of, you know, comments or it's building a team of data scientists around me. Yeah, that's a good question. And and to be honest, I, I mean, I'm going through a similar thing right now where, you know, I started a business and I need um, I need to hire people. And so I'm trying to think, you know, what, what's important to me? What do, what do I care about? Um, and so, I mean, I'm going to answer this, but I, I'm going to tell you that my answer is probably not any good and, and your answer is probably better than mine. Uh, we should be asking you the question probably. But uh, for me, this is what I'm what I'm thinking about. It's like, okay, what am I good at? What am I good at? You know, what are, what are my strengths? What am I actually good about, at? So it sounds like to me, you have like a great math background, right? Like, you know, math, like that's super important to know. And it sounds like you've been a Python developer too. So, you know, Python. Um, so those, I'm just guessing those are two of your strengths. Um, so then you can think about, okay, so maybe like, what are some of my weaknesses? For me, um, I even talked about this earlier. I'm not great at cloud. And you just mentioned that you guys are migrating to to Azure and it's like, okay, so we want to put this stuff into production. You know, we want to be, you know, having these moving models. We want to be retraining often. So it's like, okay, maybe I get a data scientist or maybe they're not even called data scientists. Maybe they're an ML ops, right? Machine learning operations, or maybe they're a data engineer and they're going to help you get from your, your database set up. They're going to help you get your data pipeline built. They're going to do your ETL for you. Um, and they're going to help you do that. I don't know. What are your thoughts there? Just like, what do you feel like, like maybe like your weaknesses are or like, and how someone can ha- help you there? My weakness is definitely building the pipelines. Uh, yeah. Definitely need help on getting the information from where it currently is stored to a more usable format and send it over to the cloud. Okay. Yeah. that I think a lot of data scientists struggle with that. And um to anyone watching in the audience who's like maybe not in data science and wants to be in data science, like, let me tell you, data engineering might be the place to be because data engineering, it probably has like the same pay as data science, but I just feel like it's way more needed and way less competitive. Um, I think it's a little more boring personally, but it's like very enabling to, to do that. Like you really help out a lot of data science teams by doing that. Um, so I, I really recommend, you know, data engineering. I think that's a a great place to be. Um, and it's something that like, I think a lot of data scientists struggle with. And and so it's interesting, Derek, it's like, how do you find the right data scientist that's really good at the pipeline? And personally, I think people like, like, I mean, I don't know if I'm, if I can claim I'm like you, I have a bachelor's in engineering. Like I don't have a PhD in math, but, um, People like you who have a math background or people like me who maybe have like more of a domain uh, background, we provide one thing. I think I think people that transfer from computer science to data science often have more of that pipeline feel, it seems like. So those, those might be good people. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would completely agree from the people that I've talked to that have more of a computer science background are more into the, uh, the data mining, the building the pipelines and, and streamlining the process. 
Yeah, I, I, so um, I'm just finishing up my master's in data science and last or two semesters ago, we had a, a group project and, um, and, and the, my degree is like multi-domains. And so it's, it, it actually like the class, you could take it if you're getting a master's in computer science or a master's in analytics. And it was so funny to see like what the project was like for these people who are getting the master's in, in computer science. They like saw the project in a whole different way than I did. They were like, I want to like set up the pipeline and like the API. And I'm like, oh, I was just going to make like, I was just going to make a regression model, uh, a linear or wait, a logistic regression model. And so they see like data science differently than us. So, I mean, I, my, my, my sense is it sounds like you'd be, and I don't know how much like stuff you got going on, but it sounds like you want to be doing pipeline and cloud stuff. So my, my piece of advice would be, at least for like the first hire or in the first couple of hires is try to find someone that, that is a data scientist that ha really has the engineering background, that data engineering background, or just hire a data engineer. I don't know. And just to touch on what you said, we cannot find data engineers for anything. Like they are, everybody, yeah. they're just hard to find. Yeah, I believe that. Data scientist is way sexier. Um, but I'm, I'm sure the pay is pretty similar um, it's just, you don't get to say you, you do machine learning, I guess. Like you don't make models, you move models. Yeah. And I have one more question, Avery. Yeah. Uh, What's up? My, my background is more in like a partial differential equations and. Uh, oh, wow. So that my research work was actually with partial differential equations. And I'm just waiting for a breakthrough in PDEs to help the accuracy of machine learning models. Do you have maybe anything that you may think about this? Cause I did a lot of sensitivity analysis research and predict, you know, testing how small changes in model parameters can affect it. So I'm wait, waiting for a big breakthrough in that. And hopefully uh, I'll see it in my lifetime. So just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Hopefully you'll make it in your lifetime. Derek. That's what I think. Um, yeah. So I, I took PDEs, but I took PDEs as an engineer. So <laughs> I like understand like the bare basics and, and that's definitely math over, over my head. But I mean, I mean, literally PDEs are what govern the world, right? I mean, especially in my background in chemical engineering, like uh, all of the, the equations can be simplified to like ODEs, but but I mean, if you really want to get like the nitty and gritty of like, how does, how does a fluid flow over a surface? That's all PDEs based. And you have to have huge, like, you know, number crunchers, like you're aware to actually equations. And, and I, to be honest, I'm not super familiar with the integration between the two, but it does seem like there should be like a solid relationship just because of the amount of equations that you have to solve. And, and maybe there's also some sort of like, you can take PDEs and you could like maybe solve them more quickly or, or at least like maybe not as accurately, but you could have some sort of like a crazy artificial neural net that like represents the PDEs. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm not well-versed in the, in the space, but I, I definitely think something will happen sooner or later that makes that math a little bit easier. I don't know how, but uh, you let me know how you did it. Okay. Yeah. And just your visualization, visualizations are just give so much insight. And that's, that's where I struggle as, you know, someone that needs to get this product to show my executives. That's one thing I do struggle with. So any advice on to, you know, we're looking at, you know, we have Power BI right now and I use uh, Dash and Plotly a little bit. Oh, nice. But um, just any insight or any information on to uh, maybe how to visualization. I just, my team struggles with them and so do I. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, what What industry are you in? We are actually a nurse staffing agency. So our okay. 
we have grown about 400% in the past. Oh, wow. So we're, we're oh, wow. growing rapidly. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, my wife's a nurse, so that's cool. Um, there's, I mean, that's hard to learn. Um, I have a lot of books that like talk about data visualization in, in general. Um, there's one in particular, let me just grab it here. Give me a second. This one, it's called, uh, oh, bad lighting. Storytelling with data. Yeah, storytelling with data from, from Cole Maflick. She used to work for Google. Um, it's a pretty good book. I really like it. Um, it talks about like how to make graphs just like kind of simple and, and, and eloquently um, and not have too much junk on them. I have like a lot more complicated books over here too, um, but I really like that one. Um, the other one that's really interesting, and Derek, I don't know if this is up your alley, but let me show you it, okay? The other one is called Observe, Collect, Draw, okay? And it's a visual journal, okay? So it's it's a little it's a little out there, but it's like this like gets my creative juices flowing. So it has like let's see, forty seven different like journal entries, and some of them are like one sitting, some of them are like one month long. But it's like visualizing basic things in your life. So like, for instance, this one says, visualizing what I eat, um, visualizing my swearing, visualizing my friend's birthdays. So like, it's, that's a good one that, that kind of gets, you know, gets you thinking. The other thing I did was I spent all of last year posting every day on my Instagram, one visualization. And that was like, I mean, that's a big investment. But that was really good just for me to like kind of experience and like see what other people are doing. So I, I, I draw a lot of inspiration from others. I think that's, that's probably the best answer. Yeah. And that's honestly how I, I would say I met you. I, I saw one of your race charts that you made. on. Oh Instagram. yeah. And uh, you know, just, it's, you know, I just, I just love the way you visualize information and take it from abstract to, you know, more concrete. And if you, if you have any, uh, any data visualization, visualization courses, I would love to sign up for one. So uh, okay, could you share share a, maybe a link in the comments? And I would love to sign up for that. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate the compliments. Um, that, that means a lot. I'll, I'll definitely think I, I don't have one set up yet, but I I would definitely love to do one because I think it'd be pretty fun. So appreciate you, Derek. Uh, those were awesome questions. We got one more person we got to get to, but love to talk to you again sometime. Send me a message anytime. Thanks. Yep, man. Talk to you later. All right. Hello, Annie. Ani, how do I say that? And you're on mute. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Hi. Yeah, you can call me Ani. Okay. How you doing, Ani? I'm doing good. How about you? Yeah, doing good. Where are you calling from? Oh, I'm calling from North Carolina. In okay. Greensboro. Yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. What What do you want to talk about? Thanks for uh, sending me a message. Sorry, I couldn't see your name earlier. Oh, um, that's but fine. Thanks for sending me a message. And yeah, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, so I'm a mechanical engineer like you. I'm also not from a computer science background. So what do you, um, what are the f options for me? In uh, and I have signed up for the analytics at the Georgia Tech too. So oh, what okay. kind of a yeah? So what kind of a career path to take? What are your suggestions? Yeah. So when moving from a non-traditional career into data science, I always suggest something I call a what do I call it? <laughs> a sidestepping job, I think is what I call it. And that is a job that is not like data scientist. It's not like a data scientist role because you're probably not qualified for that uh, right now, but you will be soon. Don't worry. Um, 
but you need a job where you can use data in your day-to-day -day work. And you can do that as an engineer. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what type of mechanical engineering do you do? Like, are you doing like, like CAD stuff or, or what do you do? Yeah, something. I work for an automotive company. So we make a lot of uh, like Tesla. We make the components for Tesla and everything. Okay so, do, stuff, yeah. okay, so you do mostly design? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, design design's the harder one that I don't have a whole lot of background in. So my background is in chemical engineering. Mm -hmm. So all of my engineering experience, I mean, there is a lot of design in chemical engineering, but I was, I was always in manufacturing. Okay. So I'm a lot more familiar with, with data science in, in manufacturing. Um, I don't know necessarily how it can be used in, in design per se, but, but the key, that's, that's where you come in. That's, that's what you got to figure out. You got to figure out where chemical or sorry, where data science fits in, in, in uh, design. So let, let me show you, let me show you what, what I would do if I was you. And I mean, you probably know this better than I do, but, but I'll, this is what I would do if, if I was you, I would go over here and I would type data science in, let's see. Um, in engineering design, maybe? Oh, yep. I spelled design wrong. And I, I would see, I would look for a Towards Data Science article. Towards Data Science is my go-to. Have you ever heard of that before? Oh, uh, yes, I have, yeah. Okay, I live on on Towards Data Science. So, I mean, does it, oh, right here, data science in the design process, in the design process. Oh, let's see that. This might be interesting. This might be like more of like using it for what's something that's called design of experiments. Let's mm -hmm. see what it what it kind of says. So design of experiments is kind of interesting because you're trying to decide what you might want to test. That might be that actually might be something that you do in your role mm -hmm. is is decide like you come up with experiments for to test like the integrity of of something. Or actually another one that I did when I was a uh, 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 chemical engineer was. Um, have you ever heard of like, uh, it's something called an Instron, I think. Yes, um, I have. Okay. An Instron, <laughs> for those who don't know, they like pull stuff apart, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like, or it like smashes stuff. It's like, it's testing physical properties of different materials. Mm -hmm. Um, and so one time we had like five different plastics, um, mm -hmm. and we wanted to be able to decide what plastic was like the strongest basically. Mm -hmm. And so we, we did a bunch of tests on the Instron and then we had all this data from the Instron and we needed to decide, you know, which plastic was the best. That's actually a data science problem. I mean, that's, that's really a stats problem that you're trying to solve. Um, mm -hmm. So that would be a good example of where like, I don't know if that's design per se, maybe that's like more like quality assurance or, or testing or something like that. But that would be like a great place to use data science. I guess, I guess in your line of work right now, like do you see data on a day-to-day -day basis? Are there like data yeah. sets that are, yeah? Like there's describe those of, for me. Yeah, there's a bunch of data, but I pretty much use Jump to solve most of them. You yeah. use Jump? Yeah, I'm quite spoiled by Jump. <laughs> I that love I Jump. Yeah, that's why I don't learn any coding software. So it's so hard for me to learn R or Python because Jump has spoiled me a lot. Do you, so, do you, do you know JSL? No, I don't know what JSL is. Oh, that's the jump scripting language. It sucks. Don't learn it. It's awful. But, okay. uh, but, it, but it's like, like if you... Like if you look at Graph Builder and Jump, you can like look at the actual code that they use to make Graph Builder. But it, it's not very good. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend doing it. Okay, so you use Jump. What what yeah. for those who don't know, Jump is a 
uh, stats software tool from SAS. And it's awesome. We actually used it a lot at ExxonMobil. Um, mm-hmm. I really, I really like it. So I guess what platforms do you use and jump the most often? Um, I use the DOE, the graph builder. Okay. DOE. Visualizations. Yeah. Okay. DOE graph builder is an awesome graph builder is like one of the best tools I've ever seen in all data science, like yes. platforms. It's so simple and so nice. Um, okay. Yeah. I figured DOE is probably important for you. I, unfortunately, I don't know a lot about DOE. Um, but I mean, basically in engineering, there's uh, a decent amount of room for data science. Whenever there's data, there's room for data science. And so DOE is definitely one. You can become like the DOE guy. You get really good at DOE. Um, that's definitely a way that that could be like a sidestepping job. Um, you could, you could get really good at like quality and like doing things like ANOVA. Have you ever done ANOVA testing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That could be like another thing for you. Um, moving, like, let's say like, you're not in this design role anymore. There's a lot of room in manufacturing, like actually looking at like fault detection. That might be actually another thing from design. I don't actually know, but like looking at when something breaks, why did it break? Predictive Mm -hmm. maintenance is another big one. And then the last one I would say is tying economics to engineering. So Mm -hmm. like, I mean, you you probably don't work at a, a manufacturing facility, but that manufacturing facility is trying to like put out a certain amount of units. You have to like figure out the supply chain of like getting, bringing in the, you know, your components to make other components, to make your products, to ship out. You can make that an optimization supply chain problem that also could be solved using data science and, and uh, your engineering Um, Mm know-how. So those are kind of some of the, the, the areas. Does that answer your question or did I just talk in circles? I probably just talked. No, yeah, it did answer. But one of the questions I have is like, um, since we both are not from computer science background, um, mm-hmm. how do you learn uh, Python or any coding? Like, did you have a difficulty because uh, you just came naturally? Um, um, let me ask you this. Did you learn any programming as like an undergrad? Yeah, I have some C++ background. Yeah, and that's the thing. Mechanical engineering does C++ for some reason. I feel like <laughs> a majority of the time, which is, which is probably good. It's so you guys can write robot software, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and automation software in chemical engineering and a lot of other engineering, we learn MATLAB, which is, which is pretty similar to Python. So the translation mm-hmm. from MATLAB to Python isn't that hard. And you guys do like more robotics coding, I feel like. And in other engineering, we do more like scientific computing, which is more mm-hmm. close, closely related to data science. Um, so I didn't think I had, I mean, I'm definitely not as good at programming as someone who studies computer science. Um, but I think, I think the key is just doing it. You just practice. You just do it as much as you can. And it's hard because you're not doing it probably in your day-to-day at work, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you could actually, if you really wanted to, you could start doing what you do in Jump in Python. It it Mm -hmm. would take you longer, but it would help you learn. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's and it's free. I mean, I'm sure you guys already paid for your licenses, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's free and Jump is expensive. So that's an option is to do it there. Or the other option is, you know, spending time doing it in school or on your Mm -hmm. own. And you just, you just got to learn it. I mean, that's, you just got to do it. So I would do it on things that benefit you in more ways than one, instead Mm -hmm. of doing stupid exercises, like print, hello world, two plus two is four. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I would do it on things that you find either one interesting or two Mm -hmm. beneficial. So the interesting would be like, you love, like, what's your hobby? Like, what do you like to do? Um, I like to run. I'm a runner. 
Yeah. Okay. Do you use Strava? Uh, no. <laughs> How, how, do you track your runs, or you, you just love running and you just you just do it for like the the endorphins? Yeah, I just go along with the laps. That's it. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> next time I want you to bring your phone and I want you to record the run. Okay, mm-hmm. record the run somehow if you have like a smartwatch or if you just have a phone. Download mm-hmm. Strava; it's free. Just do this once, okay? Just do it once. Okay. Um, record your run, and you're gonna have like it'll record like your geolocation over time. And you can like plot that on a map and maybe it will record your speed per time. And you can make a graph to like show like, what was your top speed? Like when you were here, like what was your speed here? And I don't know, that's kind of fun. Cause it's like your own data. It's kind of interesting. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. The other way you could do it is like do something that's going to uh, make you money. <laughs> and so uh-huh. one way that you can do this is you can take my free course on predicting the stock market with Python. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's go, it's, Okay, it's a free course. It's a couple hours long. It doesn't show you how to do everything, but like mm-hmm. you can get the basics of Python from it. And I mean, I'm not you're not going to make millions of dollars, but like it can help you understand stocks better basically and help you, you know, integrate like investments and and data science. So that that that's another way is to do something that's like beneficial to you because it's fun or because it's going to make you money. And so that way mm-hmm. you're learning, but you're also getting a second benefit. I mean, oh, the coding comes down to repetition. Just do as much as you can. That's really it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty much the questions I had. Uh, and one last question, like, yeah. what kind of software you use for data visualization? As you know, Instagram, it's pretty cool. So what okay, kind of yeah. software do you use? Yeah. Um, the, the software I, I use, I use Python for a lot of my visualizations. A lot of the stuff that I... I have put on my Instagram previously. Mm-hmm. I d- I need to clarify. I didn't make all of them. I made like a tenth of them, and then the rest of them I'm sharing. So a lot of them mm-hmm. made their stuff in Tableau. Tableau is very powerful, very popular. I like Python, and if I'm not using Python, I'm using a um, a free software called Flourish. It's like drag and drop, kind of like Graph Builder and Jump. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the other one that I use. I have used Power BI too, but I'm not a huge fan. I use Python mm-hmm. a lot of the time for, for my visualizations. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Those are the questions from my side. Awesome. Thanks, well, yeah, yeah, I appreciate your time, man. And we'll talk soon. Have a good night. Yeah, sure. Bye-bye. Yep. Okay. So our hour is up. So thank you guys for being on this Ask Avery show. I'm going to take these last questions really fast. Um, Yes, I will share the link of my stock course. I'll do it. I'll just uh, reply to your comment right after this really fast. Um, so yeah, what is, when is the stock course and the link? Stock course is going to be pre-recorded. It is releasing tomorrow. So it's you can just take it whenever you want at your own pace. Um, I want to get to these questions really fast. Super general, but was wondering if you had any pet peeves within data science or maybe even data science analytics hiring process. Hiring process. Okay, here's a pet peeve: it is like beginner. There's no such thing as a beginner data science position. You, it's like beginner position, and it's like three years required. It's like, well, how am I supposed to get a three years required when I don't have a beginner position? And it's like you can't get a job because you don't have experience, but you don't have experience because you can't get a job. And that's annoying. And so there's ways to break it: doing personal projects, working for a smaller company, working for an, uh, for free doing stuff for a uh, nonprofit. There's ways around it, but I, I really don't like that process too much. 
Oh, and look at that leads right into Ola's question. How do you get that first data science job without any robust experience in the online job requirement? The answer is personal projects. You need to do personal projects relating to that field. You have to spend 10 hours on your own time trying to solve a similar problem that that company is experiencing and do it on your own time, post it on LinkedIn, post it on your blog, post it on GitHub, and then apply and say, hey, look, I've already, I've already done something very similar to this. Please, please look at my resume. <laughs> that is the best way or work for free, have experience. I worked for free for three months. Um, it was only part-time, so I was lucky. I owe everything in my life to those three months. I owe everything to it. I cold emailed a bunch of people and I worked for free for three months. Someone took a chance on me and like I can trace everything that's good in my life from those three months. So, all right, last question. How to make career in data science from non-math background and other fields? Uh, you got to learn your stuff. So whether you're going to learn via courses, via education, master's degree, um, you got to learn first and then you got to practice. Do as much as you can. Spend a lot of time doing personal projects. And you're only going to make it in data science from you know a different field if you really have the passion for it and you're willing to put in the work. But it's totally worth it. It's really fun. It's a very fulfilling career. I've loved it. It's been, it's been awesome. So do projects, learn as much as you can. Um, thanks for joining in tonight, guys. Really appreciate y'all. Um, I'll throw the link to the stocks course right now in the comments. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, and yeah, we'll catch you guys later on next time on the Ask Avery show. Thanks for the people that uh, came in. I really appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good night. Bye-bye. Okay. Episode is over. Please, please, please do me a favor. And if you find this podcast helpful, interesting, or entertaining, subscribe to it and write a short review. It really helps the show grow. It helps me personally on my quest to help as many people as I can break into data science. Thank you guys so much, and I'll catch you in the next episode.